again, and we are in one of our final weeks as we work through the Armor of God passage in Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, we're going to dive right in um, and, and just talk about this last piece of the armor, and then we'll have one more week when we talk about um, being in prayer continually. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. And of course, to, to, today our focus is going to be um, to uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Last week we talked about the helmet of salvation. I thought we were talking about the sword of the, sword of the Spirit, which is uh, the Word of God. And so, once again, we're, we're dealing with a, an offensive and defensive weapon. Uh, the, the, the sword can be used uh, not only to inflict blows, but to deflect blows that it can use to protect. And so we have an offensive and defensive uh, weapon in, in the sword. And Paul particularly identifies this weapon as the Word of God. And, um, you know, as, as I've thought about uh, just this ideal of the Word of God being armor, you know, defense, a defensive and an offensive weapon, I think we need to be very careful with, with how, we, um, how we consider this. And so I, I, I think it needs to be carefully handled, uh, particularly when we're, we're looking at the Word of God, uh, the Bible, in this way. Uh, we're, we're all aware of how people have used the Bible uh, to justify wrong behavior in the past, uh, genocide, uh, slavery, uh, oppression of people groups, has been justified by using the Bible. And in, in my ministry, I've had people come into my office and have justified what I would term as, as clearly inappropriate behavior towards their family and others, and, and they've used scripture uh, to, to justify that behavior. And, and so we're all aware that the Bible can be used in, in ways it's not intended to be used. It, it can be used as a weapon. It can be used to discriminate. It can be used to judge other people uh, inappropriately. Uh, 
that is not how we should handle the Bible. Uh, the, the, the Bible is a means of grace. It is a way that we can, we can, uh, we can learn of ourselves. We can learn about ourselves. We can learn about God. We, we can find uh, salvation in, in our uh, Nazarene world. We, we believe that the Bible gives us everything we need to know as far as uh, what we need to know for, for salvation and living in salvation. And so when, when we talk about the Word of God, and, and if this is going to be one of the pieces of armor, I think there's some things that we need to... Um, to think about uh, when when we use the Bible, the the, the first thing is context. Um, pe people can pull uh, just a a single scripture out out to justify almost any behavior, and um, we we need to be careful <laughs> that we understand the context of the whole uh, passage. The, the the one that you hear all the time is people will say, well, am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that, that's scripture. Uh, but that is in the context of that scripture. That is what Cain is saying after he killed his brother, Abel. And, and that's an, that's an easy one to dissect because obviously, uh, we don't want to have the attitude of Cain towards, um, our brothers towards others. And so uh, that, that is taking that scripture, if you're justifying your behavior of not caring, that is taking that passage and that scripture completely out of context. And, and so that's why we have to be careful with the ideal of proof texting. In other words, there, there's something I, I want to justify. There, there's a, a way of thinking that I want to justify. And so I pick and choose. Uh, I, I'm selective with little bits of scriptures. That, that I want to pull out uh, to, to justify uh, the way I think about God, the way I think about others, the way I think about myself. And, and so we need to be careful that when we, we use Scripture, we use it in the context of the entire passage. Um, with this in mind, I, I'm reminded of a, uh, I had an incident in, in one of my ministerial classes, and this has been many years ago, but I, I've always remembered it. And we were having a discussion about what I would really call a peripheral thing. And uh, in this peripheral discussion, uh, one of the individuals in the class pulled out some scripture and quoted it uh, that, that first off, I, I really, on the face of it, it, it didn't make any sense. And secondarily, it, it, didn't, it didn't really support what he was saying uh, or what he was wanting to say. And uh, that, that would be a funny incident if that was just the end of it. But, but this was a pastor. And, uh, and so, you know, pastors aren't immune to this. We, we are, are taught scripture or taught a scripture, maybe grandma or grandpa or a Sunday school teacher taught us a particular scripture in a certain way. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we have to let go of those paradigms and look closer at the scripture. Sometimes that's painful uh, because we, we, can, we can begin to, to, to understand or see that maybe we've not fully understood um, something in the past, but, but, but that's kind, kind of the point of life that, that we grow and we mature. Uh, the, the second thing is community. Uh, the, this book is meant to be read with others. Uh, 
one of the, one of the most painful things of COVID nineteen um, has been its effect on small group gatherings. Now, now I think we can still do things that you can you can have family groups uh, around the Bible. You can have uh, telephone conversations around the Bible. My my prayer is that uh, when when you watch this, that this isn't the end, but you have a discussion with someone else uh, about uh, the, the sort of truth, the Word of God, and talk about some of these things that, that I'm talking about, that the Bible is a community book. And so um, imagine, if you will, even as, as we look at the beginning books, and in, in, in the beginning books, you have the, the people of Israel and their slaves, and Moses rescues them from slavery, and there's these five books that we call the books of Moses, which are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And these books uh, are, are connected to Moses. Uh, now, can you imagine that in the wilderness experience, that these stories that you see in Genesis, Moses began to relay to the children of Israel so that they could see their identity, gathered around campfires, as Moses began to talk to a community about who they are. And then you get into the, the New Testament letters and, 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 and the Gospels. The Gospels were sent to church, churches. The letters were sent to churches. Um, as a matter of fact, in ancient times, it would not be unlikely that there would be several people who were part of a church that were not even literate. Uh, and and so the letters, the Bible, were read to community. As a matter of fact, uh, for, for many, 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 many years uh, in, in the Christian faith, the, the Bible was not even translated into uh, common language. As a matter of fact, one way the Bible was used inappropriately was that when the Bible began to tr be translated into uh, the language of people, uh, that there was oppression and persecution on those who wanted to do that. And so for many, many years, the only way someone could hear the Bible was in the context of community, uh, a, a priest reading them the Word of God. Now, I'm thankful that we have the opportunity not only to read the Bible privately, but to read the Bible in community. But, but we always must remember that the Bible was written uh, and, and should be received as a community letter to the church uh, that the church uh, digests together and learns together. See, and, and it's in the community that not only the context of Scripture, but the context of community helps us understand Scripture uh, properly. Now, now, even in community, uh, you know, we see communities of people that, that take Scripture and, and misapply it. Um, you, you know, Jim Jones used scripture. Um, you know, uh, the, the, it's been used by cults uh, to, to uh, mislead people, and, and those communities can, can be misleading. So, so the greater the community, and, and that's why, uh, you know, I'm glad we belong to a denomination. Some people are, you know, oh, I, you know, I don't want to belong to a denomination. I'm glad that we belong to a greater group of people called Nazarenes, uh, that when we look at Scripture, there is a, a broad spectrum of people considering Scripture together. Uh, the, the next thing, I, and that's my dog going after a bottle, uh, if, if you hear that in the background. Uh, 
the, the next thing we need to consider is Jesus. Is it all right? Now there was a gap in the in the in the in the, pass, in the uh, lesson because I had to go take the bottle from my dog who was being too noisy. Um, where were we? Well, we were talking about Jesus. Is how I'm interpreting or considering the scripture consistent with Jesus? I think this is a very important thing uh, to, to, to consider. Jesus is the best revelation of the Father. And, uh, and so when we look at Scripture, we always look, through it, look at Scripture through the lens of Jesus. And, and, and I don't, I, 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 as Christians, I'm not sure that, that we can look through it through any other lens. Uh, that when we see Scripture... Do, is it, how can we read this and still be consistent with the testimony, uh, the, the witness, the revelation of Jesus? Jesus is the best revelation of the Father. And, and so when we consider, and, and so that, that creates some issues when, when we're in the Old Testament, quite frankly, that, that some of the images we see of God, um, we have to temper with with who Jesus is, um, you know, I, I think we have a um, a um, a tendency to see the characteristics of God the Father as different than God the Son. The nature of God the Father is the same as the nature of God the Son, and, and so when we see Jesus dying on the cross, he is demonstrating to us the nature of God. Now, ultimately, the, the Bible is not a weapon. And, and so, you know, I was a little bit concerned as we, we talked about this, that when we start thinking of the Bible, weaponizing the Bible, uh, that, that, is, uh, that is problematic. Uh, the, the, the Bible is God's means to, re, to reveal himself to humanity. And so, uh, when, when we when we think of the Bible in that way, it's it's more uh, it's more of a lifeboat than a battleship. That that God has sent this out to peoples uh, so that they might encounter Him. And so, with that said, I hope you have a great day, and uh, we'll talk soon. God bless.